Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, thank you to uh, everyone who's listening to this pod this week. Uh, but just a reminder, you don't own this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we are free to take it back from you anytime you like. Yeah. Uh, as someone who was trying to watch a movie they had purchased in iTunes found out uh, pretty recently. Yes. Um, so what we're here to talk about this week is, uh, is ownership dead? Well, it's a good question, and we brought some really uh, esteemed people that know a lot about this. We have a data scientist here and uh, an electrical engineer. What do you what do you go by, Kevin? Yeah, electrical engineer. Electrical engineer. And Max, we have you are a, a, a data scientist. Sure, I'll take that title. So you know, you guys know about the sciences of the computers. Um, uh, Sean, you know how about some of these services are, are maybe sold, and I know nothing. Sure. I mean, I, I would say more than anything, I just, I'm a consumer of much digital content. Yes. Including a lot of podcasts and, and you actually yeah. rent and own movies on, on some of these platforms and that I don't is really tr- do that. Well, that is, tr- well, I would say I rent a lot of movies. I would say I own none. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the point I'm making. I have purchased movies from the iTunes store. I don't own them though. Yeah. So... <clears throat> I think first it's important, and Kevin, you asked before we started, what, what is this? Can you summarize what's going on? I think the summary of it is very simple. It's the what does this mean that gets into, huh? Right. And it's a so there's a simple, a simple story, which is a person went to look for a, a thing they thought they had purchased, found it was gone, uh, asked why is this gone, and were yeah. told uh, – the licensing agreement changed and and we no longer have access to this thing and that means you no longer have access to this thing yeah that opens up all these cans of worms about digital rights management yes and legal you know legal things like licensing and ownership and the eight million word terms of service that you obviously read when you signed up for itunes and downloaded all those itunes updates and those ios software updates uh, and when you bought something from the Amazon store, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, Kevin, I I may be wrong, but I don't really read those service agreements, but you strike me as someone who probably is a little – you read a little bit closer than maybe I do with them, or have you, is that true? Uh, not with not with like software. I think when I signed up for my – my vanguard account i mm-hmm. think i read that a little more carefully oh, yeah, but it's when it comes to just like iTunes, no i'm i'm as guilty as as anyone max you're making you're making a, a face and you seem to have a thought about this um or maybe you don't do you i was i was reading something because i know that we're talking about itunes and apple where you don't have to pay to use the services but Mm -hmm. it made me think of something different but related which is comcast and how you can buy movies and tv shows through your comcast box Mm -hmm. and i was curious what happens if you disconnect your service and you actually can still watch your content 
through a web portal they have, even if you do no longer pay for Xfinity. So that's I really find fascinating. really interesting. Because that, that is not the norm at all. No, so, I didn't expect that, especially from uh, a certain company that starts with a C and ends with a... Omcast. Get after. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't... Omcast. That's an interesting way to spell it. Uh, but you got into something important because you just mentioned Portal, and we're talking about Amazon, and we're talking about Apple. And one thing that is different, and we're going to get into the way you think about buying a DVD or, or, or something like mm-hmm. that, uh, that I recognize in this is when you buy music from iTunes or you buy, mus- uh, buy a movie from Amazon or even on Comcast, they are not only giving, giving quote unquote, this, giving you this item, but you are also, they provide a service in the way you consume it a lot of times. And I think that that's where a lot of this gets dicey because to use uh, a kind of analog, you're buying the book, and they're also saying, we're going to put it on this bookshelf. Well, uh, so to that I would say a couple things. One, there's a question of whether that should be required, whether – because really what they're saying is you can only use this on our bookshelf. Yes. Um, and that's not the case everywhere. Like if you – you know, mm-hmm. if I go buy an album – on iTunes, it's encoded in a certain file format that's designed to only work in iTunes and is, on top of that, is actually even encoded further so that only I logged into my iTunes account can play that music. But if I buy the same album from Bandcamp, that comes to me as a zip file of MP3s that I can go take and play anywhere. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, <laughs> there is what you're saying there is there's digital, quote unquote, ownership that is more closely related to what we think of as is ownership. And, ex- and that's so that's what I wanted to get to. But I think you have something you want to. Add. Well, I have another example that's the opposite of Comcast, but what people probably wouldn't expect, which is uh, Steam, which, if you're familiar, is a Valve company based essentially portal for buying video games, mm-hmm. including sex games, including sex games. And I would have assumed that Steam is, doesn't cost money to, to have, and you can buy games through it. And I thought that you, you could get rid of Steam and play your games. If you do not accept Steam's license agreement, you lose all access to games you've purchased through Steam. I, I mean, I'm not... Yeah, I think given given what's happening here, like I'm actually not that surprised by that. I'm way more surprised by the Comcast thing. Um, to, to be fair, the Comcast thing—you still have to access them through like a Comcast. You still portal. have to go onto the bookshelf. You can't download them, um, and you're file. still agreeing to their terms, but you're not a paid member, so it's it's sort of different, right? Um, but even the fact, I mean, yes, just, I'm still surprised that Comcast is is allowing you to right to just watch that from content. what we know from their customer service history, and I'm sure we've all had our run-ins with them, like it, it, them giving any sort of concession to their user base is stunning. But uh, so that gets to, I, I think the the crux of this, which is that, um, as as consumers and, and really as you know honestly as consumers who are not diligent about leafing through the legalese of those service agreements, uh, we're getting taken for a ride because these companies, like namely. Apple and Amazon were were smart in designing uh, an interaction that looks 
and feels and, and and seems exactly like buying something in real life. Yeah, I'm giving you. I'm going to give you a dollar for that pen that's on the table in front of you right now. Now you give me the pen in return. Yeah. I've bought the pen, and you have no further claim on the pen. I can't control how you use the pen. Yes. Right. Nor mm-hmm. nor can you take that pen away from me and take it back without that being some sort of violation. Yeah. Our 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 contract is very binary. It's like use is now your use wholly. Right. But in this situation, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's not a duck mm-hmm. because you are not actually buying the music and movies or or ebooks in Amazon's case that you're yeah. getting from them. You're paying a licensing fee, mm-hmm. and in return, you're granted the ability to use this, you know, to use this thing yeah. on their shelf. Yeah, and and part of it is we are thinking about ownership in a in a uh, in analog time, but it's a digital age. So by that I mean what what am I really what am I really buying? And part of it is. Words matter, as we talked about last week, in, in a way. What I am buying is I am buying a, a – to consume media in a space that it's not deteriorating like a book that falls apart. It's not going to catch on fire or anything like that, and it doesn't take up physical space in my house. So I'm buying something different. I'm buying a digital item, and we're trying to t- treat digital items like physical items, and so – I I totally get this where it's like, but I own it. But you're also I'm thinking about it in these analog terms. Here's here's where I disagree with that. I don't the we're treating a digital item like a physical item because everything about the transaction that is taking place has been engineered to be an exact replica of the process of buying a physical item. The only thing that's different is the legal documentation under the hood that if you don't read it, you might never know that you didn't actually buy anything. So I, I would... it was a con- it was a very clearly it was a conscious decision on the part of these companies who are bringing, you know, bringing retail and bringing commerce into the digital age to say we have an opportunity to make terms more favorable for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to get. I want to hold on that and get to that in a second. Okay. But I would ask uh, both of you, uh, Kevin and Max, um, if the contract is in front of us, and like this guy is now saying, "Well, I, I just got screwed over." Do you think he's actually getting screwed over, or it's one of those, this is the contract you signed when you quote unquote purchased the item? I mean, I, I don't want to cut you off, but those things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, it's both. <laughs> okay. You, uh, so it, let, it, me re- it, it let me rephrase it. You it's can like, if you... sign a contract that is bad for you, and you made a bad decision signing yeah. that contract. Okay. But if that contract is used to fuck you later, you still got fucked. So, and, and I want to get – maybe I should get that too. I don't think that this is necessarily Apple or Amazon or something 
screwing you over. There is, well, they're not trying to screw you over. It's not directed at you. It has to do with their licensing agreement with someone. So you kind of are a, you are collateral damage in this case, but it is not trying to screw you over. This is, the contract I signed had this in it. I'm upset about it. But what I can't do anything. It has nothing yeah. to do with me. Well, then the other question that would come is, yeah, Amazon and and Apple, they're not trying to screw us over. But part of it is like they do have the ability if they want to. And yeah. you'd have to think about right. if, that's a, if that's a problem. I mean, we talk a lot about how like in, you know, intent doesn't matter. All What matters is the outcome. Yeah. And the outcome is that you as a consumer get screwed over if you buy something thinking that you are buying it with the attendant ownership rights that result from buying something and then you show up one day in your itunes and it's gone like that's it it doesn't matter whether you signed or you know signed quote unquote your service agreement it doesn't matter if apple uh you know, wrote those service agreements saying, ha, we're going to dick Jeff out of a movie later. It's, it's what happened. And and so it's frustrating because it was designed this way on purpose. There was an opportunity. They could have, there's not a great reason why you can't just can, you know, construct a digital marketplace that functions in the same way as a physical marketplace. You know, I, like I've mentioned already, if I go buy an album from Bandcamp, like I can download those files and I have them. Um, and you know, the licensing, the whole licensing business is, you know, I mean, it's such an interesting racket. It's like it's a way for people who have little or no claim on something to like. Let me get a piece of this action. So, and and this brings me to another point, which is we are we are thinking about this from the consumer side. And Max, I would ask you, just just friends of yours, not you, but maybe friends of yours. How did you acquire music and and movies and stuff in high school? I mean, by you, I mean your friends, not not you necessarily. I think that my friends used to download music through the internet in a not necessarily legal fashion. Yeah. So do you think that the producers of that those media were uh, uh, compensated for, for that type of transaction? Uh, yes, they were not. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they were not. So I don't know. I, I guess I, I guess the I, I guess what I'm getting at is, is is we've actually talked about this in the podcast before. I don't make anything. I, I the only product I am is myself in, in my mind. But there are people out there making things and with things like torrenting and and whatever else I don't know. Do do your friends, Kevin? Did they ever consider that? It's like, wow, you know, I love this artist, but they're not making a dime off of the way my friends are downloading I mean, the music. You, you can, I mean, like I, I was guilty of it. I, I had the um, for for music. <laughs> I I always backed up by saying they make no money off of CDs. They make money off of tours and merchandise. And I, if I liked the band, I'd go see them on tour. That was my, you know, defense. I'm not saying it's right, but, um. no, no, I think you're, you're still correct. That yeah. is the case, but I'm, I'm so glad you brought up piracy because, uh, what percentage just out, out of curiosity, uh, as of, you know, recently, like end of 2016, maybe 2017, um, what percentage 
of internet users would you say uh, have uh, pirated music in the last six months? So I, I don't mean to, to, to go away from your it's point. It's still a very high number. This really? hasn't oh, changed. That's oh, a, see, that's shocking. This is, what I was, this is what I'm thinking. You said internet users. We are internet users. People our age and younger are what I'd consider internet users. All the people older than that, they buy all their crap at Amazon. They buy movies. They don't even really stream. We're streaming stuff, so ownership, I think part of that is too, and maybe we'll get to that later, is not as big a deal because I stream everything. I don't own but movies. But here, here's the thing. So 35% of internet users have pirated music in the last six months, and most of them are doing that by stream ripping, which is taking those streams and using like an encoder like tunes kit which we were yeah. reading about before oh, we started recording i don't know how to do and that and using I'm that an idiot. to convert a stream oh, okay. into a file that they can then uh, keep and so the the artists are getting screwed well way. Every, i mean i you we all have dropbox accounts right people share music through dropbox that's a tale as old as right. time right i mean that's that's what i was gonna say is that the you know, I, I think that I guess I give the big companies a bit more benefit of the doubt. And the reason that they I mean, they do all this because they want to stop the piracy and they want, you know, they and, and this is like their yeah. best option for that. And then they also want an easy way to get access to stuff. So they um, from different uh, different I companies mean, to give you and you so they be paying yeah. it in perpetuity. Yeah, right. You know, it, it's a way if if you bought if you bought you know, a bunch of albums off of iTunes in 2006, like I did, Mm -hmm. you might never spend another cent on music from Apple. But if you're an Apple Music subscriber, you're paying every month. Yeah. And and the thing is, and to to circle back, because I think it's important, is I have to admit that this is probably better for producers to have these licensing agreements where um, there is control over how it is used and so that it's much harder, though not impossible, to to move that music and give it to somebody else because you had things like Napster and LimeWire where no one was paying for any of the music and maybe the record labels are the one making money off of it. Th- but that's yeah, that's the but thing. there is still someone who is they are doing a job, they are doing some even if it's they're producing whatever. There are people who are not getting paid for their labor. I mean, I, I understand that, but. I, I think you hit the nail on the head that the gains here, that the party that stands to benefit from this licensing agreement is not, it's not really artists and record producers. It's recording labels. The recording labels are the ones who have the licensing agreements yeah. with Apple and Amazon and Spotify. The movie studios, not the directors and the actors, are the ones that have the licensing agreements with Apple and Amazon. You know, and, and I think I th- I do think there's a certain extent. Obviously, you know, if you're a musician, if you're an artist of some sort, and that is your profession in your life, you want to make money from your livelihood. It's how yeah. you make a living. Yeah. Um, we both read "Please Kill Me." Yeah. And as I recall, because I just finished it a few days ago, um, toward kind of towards the end of the the book, there. are there are multiple people from that punk scene who who talk about not caring at all about piracy because what they want they want people to listen to their music and 
if the way to make money is through touring and merch, which is true, that is the way yeah. to make money, then you'd rather you would kind of rather more people be able to access your music and get interested in you so that they might come see you the next time you come through their town or buy a con- t-shirt at the I, I concert. I would point out, though, that also in that book, this is this is post all of this happening as opposed I understand to the moment. I understand that. But I, I, I don't know. I, just, I think that... I think that when it comes down to it, you know, we are... Ultimately, we are the consumers of this stuff. And so, like, we... I think it it would be somewhat hypocritical for us to not at, at least look at this primarily through the lens of how does it affect the consumers. Wait, we have to. Max, you were going to say something. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking about um, ownership and, and, you know, a lot of this pirated music was essentially people sharing music. And you can share books and things. And I'm curious if we're going to see a, a big change coming where there's a lot of news recently around people essentially sharing access, sharing their mm-hmm. Netflix info, sharing their HBO Go info. And there's huge percentages of people who are accessing this content and not purchasing it. And I, 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 mean, I don't know yeah. where I'm going with that, but I know no, it's no, related. Like, I'm, I don't know if... I'm with you. It's always There's always been a way for people to get music without having paid for it. It was trading tapes. It was yeah. taping... Stuff off the radio. Yeah. I think that's what Dropbox you know, functions it's burning for CDs. Now it's app. so in 2014 it was Dropbox. Yeah. And now it's well, we all just kind of use this one Spotify account. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I like how you just called me old, which is fine. I, and and <laughs> I, I, it wasn't meant to date you, but I just mean like no, and that's important because there are there are people who uh, I was with someone who's probably. 50 recently and they were talking about how they wanted to move all their stuff onto a new they need a new ipod or they want to put it on their phone and how to do it and they own everything through a quote-unquote own they have it all in in itunes so it should be easy but they don't have to do it that's how they own it versus like and we actually had this conversation i remember it's like why don't you just get spotify and he goes oh well do they have do they have all the led zeppelin on there like yeah they have all the led zeppelin on spotify well they didn't for a while point being See, is they have the all thing. the music these licensing agreements are something that you don't have a window into as mm-hmm. a user yeah i don't know i don't necessarily know when i'm deciding whether to sign up for a spotify account if they're gonna have the music i want i mean they have so much music that it's likely that they will it's likely yeah. but things come and go prince wasn't on spotify for a long time jay-z is not on spotify because in that case in title being more artist focused and and i as we talked about i i get why as as a producer of content whatever it is you want to be compensated yes max and that's where i think it'll get even more interesting and i don't know how it plays for music but you have netflix now and amazon producing content and so all of a sudden yeah i'm sure the actors still want Mm -hmm. the actors directors producers they still want their content to be consumed as much as possible but all of a sudden, you may no longer have a different entity licensing stuff to Netflix. You have well, Netflix producing things themselves, and that's the whole. So Netflix and and Amazon are are trying to wriggle out of the licensing business because exactly. these licensing agreements are not really beneficial for them, or at least not as beneficial as 
owning the country. Not to mention when you have, as we move into this a la carte world, which cuts both ways, um, and you want to do the iTunes models we've kind of talked about, coming back to this, I think is important. Disney and Fox and NBC Sports and ABC and everyone else, they want to, the content that they produced, they want to provide their own service to do it. So what you do is you not only provide the book, you provide the bookshelf. And what it's getting into now, and I think Amazon is really, if you want to have this author, this author has a bookshelf that you can only, has a, a, a room that you can only read their book in, basically. And that's except except that the artist still an individual artist still doesn't have enough power to to actually do that end to end. What it comes down to, and I think we should wrap it up soonish, mm-hmm. is this is always it's always been and it's always going to continue to be a system that is designed to benefit not the people who are making the thing not the end users who are consuming the thing. It's the people who get in the middle and say, we can amass enough power by controlling the rights to several artists' music or uh, you know, a movie studio that has 17 movies in production at a time. It's always benefiting capital. It's never benefiting "Quote unquote labor." Yeah, it's it's just really hard to have good. It's really hard to have good faith because I want to think that even the even though the record label is the one that has the licensing agreement, that one cent extra they get from me or one dollar will allow someone there to go find the next, uh, you know, Lindsey Jordan I or, hope or something right. like that. But it's hard to have good faith because yeah. I all my experience says that's not it. But it's better than them getting. I like to say it's better than them getting zero dollars and then they can't go do that quote unquote research, Max. I I was gonna take this in a direction that we don't need to get into, but it's it's also you, you could get into net neutrality and the ideas of the, the companies essentially owning access even. Yeah. And those middlemen that are now saying, you know, Comcast now has Comcast Mobile, like they are gonna they're and, gonna and, own all access to everything you get through the internet. Right. And that's that, yeah, scary. It's another it's progressively bigger and more powerful companies insinuating themselves into every transaction so, that takes place. I, I would I would I would kind of I would kind of end here and it reminds yeah. me of of what I said or what we talked about last week in in kind of language when we're starting to type it or whatever else. And and it also reminds me of when we've talked about self-driving cars. This technology is so, so very new in the grand scheme of things, and we're still trying to figure out how this digital age works. Ownership, translating it here. Um, Communication, translating it here. How we, you know, matriculate down the road. How do we do it in this age of computers and stuff? And as I say often, the internet is wonderful, except that it's terrible. And it always comes back to that. Yeah, so I think what you're saying ultimately is that, yes, ownership is absolutely dead. Uh, what I'm saying is, no, is just, go um, see your artists live, and yes. I'm a huge proponent of that. Find when yeah. you can find ways to skirt this system. Find ways to go around. Go to a Comcast. book signing. Get music on Bandcamp. Bandcamp is a great place if you like artists that are on independent labels and you want to support them. Don't buy their music on iTunes. Go buy it on Bandcamp. Go see them live when they come to your city 
and buy records and CDs from them. Yeah. Please, God, support yeah. and, the people that are making the things you love as directly as you can. And uh, so I'm a new Nintendo Switch owner. Ooh! And I'd greatly appreciate all my friends to buy the physical versions of the game so that you can let me borrow it <laughs> instead of the digital only, which is only on your Switch. So. That's, that's yeah. old school. That's pre-2014. I like there it. There we go. All right. Uh, if you have thoughts on the changing nature of digital ownership, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at PrettyOKPod and let us know what you think. While we wait to hear from you, it is time once again for us here at the table to hear from Pierce uh, unburdening his conscience. It's time for Pierce's sorry. What is, uh, what's on the apology docket this week, man? Um, so at one point in my life before 2014 when I was a youth um, – uh, part of this section is like maybe maybe section of the show is maybe I had some takes that were too hot and they were the dumb <laughs> kind of hot takes. And um, speaking of seeing artists live, uh, there was a time in my life and I have come all the way around to the other side of it where and what I'm apologizing for this week is I said that Big Boy was overrated. OK, oh, no. that is a Now, I I didn't like share that widely. I just pondered and said, I think he's overrated. Subsequently. Big boy, let me tell you, super underrated. I actually saw him. I think twenty thirteen, spring of twenty thirteen. He was he was at he was downtown at the Pavilion in Charlottesville, mm-hmm. and I was only there for like ten or fifteen minutes, but it was free, so I saw it. Ooh, nice. And he did a medley of a bunch of his verses from Outcast songs. That all the work he's done since then. Recent Pitchwork video where he talks about Kate Bush's running up that hill is his favorite. One of the verses is his favorite verse ever. <laughs> This is a genius, and it's just overshadowed, if nothing else, by how weird and strange Andre 3000 is. So you kind of lo- – and I think that's what I was dealing with is I didn't do enough digging. I didn't do enough research to realize that, oh, this is a creator that is really, really talented. I just lose sight because of the brightness of the supernova yeah. next to him. You got drawn in by the ostentatious genius yeah, and kind of overlooked the understated genius next to him. Yeah. yeah. It happens sometimes. Well, and yeah. as, as we've talked about, you need to get your take in first, not you know whether it's right or not. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta be gotta be first, not right. Exactly. You gotta exactly. be, and it's and it's good to own a controversial corner, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot okay. of people make their careers that way and make way yeah. more. A lot of people not only make their careers but are now capital, are, but because are probably of that. making yeah more money than all four of us put together. Oh yeah. Um, Bill Simmons doesn't create content anymore. Jesus. He just owns the content. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, we'll close with a big idea from pop culture and, uh, Pierce, you, uh, have expressed your great affinity for, uh, bat fangs, who is our in and out music today, uh, several Ooh. times recently. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm here to talk a little bit about bat fangs. Uh, but, I wouldn't be me if I didn't talk about it through the lens of another podcast that I was listening to. Uh, and, you know, uh, one that I've mentioned before is Celebration Rock, which is Stephen Hyden's show. Stephen Hyden, a music critic who I like and generally trust to uh, say smart things, give good recommendations. Will Toledo does not like him, he, an aside. He really does not. Um, but I, So I was catching up on an episode that I hadn't listened to had let Stu for a few weeks uh, where he was talking to somebody from the website Stereo Gum, mm-hmm. which is like a music reviews site. Uh, and and these two people were each running down a list of five of their 
favorite sleeper albums of the year so far. Just at records that weren't getting talked about as much as some of the big things. So like Snail Mail was very, you know, hotly anticipated. So it was left off the list, even though it's, you know, Matador is an independent label. Um, the Batfangs album was Stephen Hyden's last pick, and he described it in a way that was so perfect that I felt it needed to be shared as this week's big idea from pop culture. And I want to, so I want to bounce this off of you and see how you feel about it because I I really loved it. Uh, what he said is that the Batfangs album, Batfangs, uh, is what it would sound like if the Go Go's made a Def Leppard record. So here's the problem. This Max, if he had listened to Batfangs, would be better able to answer it because I think he has the Go-Go's and Def Leppard knowledge that I don't have. I think I know what you're talking about from what I've heard. There was a decent amount of Go-Go's played in my house growing up. My parents actually went to a Go-Go's slash B-52's reunion type show. So I remember that that, that, that was a thing. But I, Def Leppard, I just think of people on cars, but kind of shreddy. It's It's kind of shreddy. But there's an upbeatness, and then obviously it's it's a couple awesome women. Yeah. And that's what it was getting at. It's kind of upbeat, uh, bouncy, but like aggressive, riff-heavy yeah. music played by a band of dope women. Yeah, yeah. This is the type of music that you should, you should definitely see live because I think that's the right way to do it. And that's a place where you go out on Friday night and you do that and maybe you do something else or – as we learned recently about black hat people don't do anymore, you just stay there and keep hanging out at the bar. Yeah. Yep. Ticketmaster needs your money. God damn it. All right. Get, Ticketmaster get doesn't, but you know who does? Batfangs and their tiny record label, Don Giovanni. Oh. Go get your Batfangs album from them. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. Uh, that is the end of the show. Thanks to Kevin for joining us for the second week in a row. Yep. Thanks for having me. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty okay Pod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. Uh, you can also subscribe to our podcast feed on your device of choice. Woo. Episodes will show up every Tuesday without you having to go seek us out. If you do that, please do us a favor. Leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Hopefully a good one. Yeah. Uh, or if you have a friend, uh, that you, you encounter, uh, and you think they might, uh, enjoy what we're doing, tell them about the show. We would love to share what we're doing with them. Please share our content. We're not, we're not gonna, we're probably not going to steal it from you. I don't want to steal it from you. I don't. Yeah. I have no plans to do that anyway. It's not like we're, there's a licensing agreement where we're not getting enough money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, although I I feel like we maybe aren't charging enough for this podcast. (laughs) Free, free, or maybe we're charging too much. Kevin, what about is anything free? Uh, the inbuilt Apple apps are free. I don't know. Well, I meant no. I meant no. the, the free lunch thing. There's no such thing as free oh. food. Oh yeah, there's no such thing as free food. But free wood down the street. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, we'll be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye.